Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetto! Yay! And we have got an excellent episode for you here today. We are covering The Day Life Army, part two of our series on it, actually. Um, nice. Very, very, very fun group. Uh, well, okay. Very interesting group. And we kind of get into a lot of um, their beliefs and also the context for them becoming uh, semi-successful on the internet. And kind of what's next for the group from there. So, um, yeah, that's really nice. But before we get into it, we've got some news and reviews. <laughs> The first news is that uh, we are available to listen to on Rooster Teeth. Rooster Teeth is the best. Rooster Teeth. Yay. Yes. Roosterteeth.com or you can go download the Rooster Teeth app on a bunch of your devices like uh, your Roku television, your Amazon Fire Stick, your Xbox One, your Xbox whatever <laughs> the new one is, your Xbox, the vagina that belongs to your ex-girlfriend um (laughs) your your ex's box if you will um (laughs) you can get it in all of these amazing places and also on your phone uh and there's a bunch of amazing content there uh so go listen to us there is that what the xbox is named after yeah it's named after your ex's vagina because they're like oh my god this is so much better than this is so cool i love playing with this and they're like it's just like my ex's box and then it's the xbox Yes. No. Oh, God. I hope not. Yes. And the company that named it named themselves after the guys that dream about their ex's box. They're Microsoft. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> okay. Really funny. Go check out Rooster Teeth. Um, the other news is that we have a Patreon and we are releasing great content there. <laughs> Fantastic content. <laughs> it is fantastic indeed. Yeah, we've been releasing Paige's uh, vampire erotica novel, Man Eater, and uh, most recently we did a Q&A episode with Paige about it. Um, yep. And it was eye-opening to say the least. It's everything opening. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> for that, you can go to patreon.com slash cultpodcast, just $5 a month gets you access to all of the sweet bonus content that we have there, and a shout out on the show. Um, and then we also have, uh, we have a five-star review. <laughs> this one comes to us, uh, this one comes to us from Tenerice. Tenerice? I don't know how to pronounce this. It's a jumble of letters. Um, they say, love this podcast, but Uh-oh. y'all are so funny, but my God, Armando's voice cracks like a 12-year-old going through puberty every other <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Please clear that throat. Drink a tea or something. Five stars. <laughs> Five stars. Five star review. Oh, Five man. star review. It's probably just all the vaping. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, maybe you got the episodes where I was going through puberty because we started the show like four years ago and I'm a young. <laughs> I'm just a whittle boy. Yeah, that's <laughs> yep. I have to go. <laughs> uh, and I think without any further ado, let's hop into the show. Hello. 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 That was Armando <laughs> also at the end. His voice cracked. 
sorry, guys. I've just been going through changes. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these these are are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! Yay! And it's Armando's week! Yes. Same fuck snake time, same fuck snake <laughs> network. <laughs> oh boy, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, I want to let you guys in on... Uh, on a little secret for me, it's been a, it's been, it's been kind of a bad day for me uh, overall because earlier, <laughs> w- while I was finishing up the research document for this episode, I was sitting at my desk uh, and I looked down and I saw a spider crawling up my leg, like a very <laughs> tiny spider, like a spider, like less than the size of I, I would say, like a. A normal bead that you would use for like jewelry or something um but it was really tiny it was it was slowly crawling up my leg and i just stared at it and i froze in fear because i hate bugs so much i know they're not fucking bugs i know they're arachnids don't fucking start with me goddamn insect nerds and um as almost as if it saw me with its insane number of eyes it just started sprinting up my leg and start and like towards my body and in a glorious moment of fight or flight response my body chose to punch the spider as hard as i physically could but here's the thing at this point the spider had made its way to where my balls were and so <laughs> You punched yourself in the balls to get rid of the spider? I punched myself in the balls full force to get rid of the spider. And when I lifted up my fist and saw the spider's body on my fist, I went, ah! And then I punched my fucking wall. Because I hate bugs. I hate insects so much. It was so traumatic of an experience. I couldn't breathe. I wanted to vomit for like five different reasons. Oh my god. Yeah, Armando has a really intense arachnophobia and insect phobia, whatever that one's called. Uh yeah. it's pretty intense uh to the point where you know, when we lived together, I was the bug killer for sure. So Yeah. It's because I've told this story before on the show, I'm sure, but it's because when I was a kid, uh, I lifted open the cushions of a couch and a and a bunch of cockroaches that had the ability to fucking fly flew out of the crevice of this couch and they flew in my face like i was the the batman of poverty (laughs) (laughs) so here's what i want to know is why did you just become a comedian and podcaster and not vigilante la cucaracha (laughs) (laughs) oh my god 
because I can't afford health insurance. I'm sure Bruce Wayne is fine. <laughs> you do make a good point yeah. that Bruce Wayne, like after he gets punched in the face and like shows up with a bunch of bruises and weird cuts, everyone's just like, well, it's fine. Put some arnica on that, you know? Bane <laughs> broke Bruce Wayne's fucking back in that third movie. Just blew that man's back out, which I'm sure I'm using that phrase correctly. No one corrects me. <laughs> Uh, well, and he like repaired his back with the power of positive thinking, yeah. which is like, <laughs> come on. Oh my God. So it's been, it's been the only thing that made the day significant, significantly, Jesus, significantly better is that the, uh, I, I was approved for a COVID vaccine, um, because, Yay. because I, my body is too large because I'm <laughs> legally fat enough to not die. That's what the government's <laughs> told me. <laughs> Good job, government. I had the opposite where, I mean, I got approved for, for asthma and immuno issues like before this, but I was told that my BMA, BMI didn't qualify. So I was like, I'm sorry, is Los Angeles telling me I'm not fat enough for something? <laughs> Fuck you, Los Angeles. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> LA's you. BMI limit should be at like 15 and above and just anyone with a normal body weight, they're just like, go ahead, you know? it's been a it's been a mixed bag of a day but i am very excited to bring you uh part two in our series on the day life army <laughs> Yay! uh so before we before we really hop into it uh like a spider heading for nads i want to go over <laughs> Uh, our sources again so our sources are one zero's article on the day life army and that is a fantastic article you should definitely go read that if this story interests you at all um we also have the daily dots 2016 article on the group which is pretty good um we have multiple youtube videos posted by the group to their youtube channel we have an article from one of the leaders medium pages we have the group's official website via the wayback machine and several posts from Pain Matrix's Instagram and Reddit account. Pain Matrix. <laughs> yes, we. What did we say last week that it was? It's uh, it's the Matrix filmed with modern day Keanu Reeves. That's that's what. Right, it right, right. You could also, I think, just call it the second and third Matrix sequels. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I liked those movies, even if they didn't make any sense. <laughs> so, in 2013. Eben Wizel Carlson sent Kimberly Koa Malone a Facebook friend request. Oh. Yeah. Oh, remember when that was a thing when you actually met new people via Facebook instead of just got weird <laughs> DMs from <laughs> other people across the internet? Andrea, yeah. do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> Never mind. I'm going to go. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad Paige found love this way, but I am so suspicious of anyone. I mean, to be fair, we met through mutual friends on Facebook. Yeah. So, yeah. like, we That's knew fair. some That's of the fair. same people. We just didn't know each other. I've just gotten enough horny DMs from people in other countries that I'm just very suspicious of new men yeah. on Facebook. Of course. Uh, I totally understand. I've been getting a lot of weird DMs on Instagram from women who have commented about my bulge through TikTok <laughs> videos. Jokes on them, ladies. It's all balls. Ha <laughs> 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 Losers. You 
Just full of pee. I'm smuggling uh, grapefruits into the country, you dumbasses. Um, it seems like it's a medical problem, but it's fine, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, Eben Wizel Carlson sent Kimberly Coa Malone a Facebook friend request in 2013. The two had lived pretty eventful lives and had a lot of wacky ideas separate from each other. But once they started combining their eccentricities, they really stepped their weirdness up a notch. I don't know if eccentricities is a real word. Just it is. It's me being eccentric. No, eccentricities is a word. You nailed it. Yes. Uh, thank you. Um, I'd like to thank the Academy for this honor <laughs> okay. and for teaching me. Um, <laughs> thank the thesaurus. Thesaurus is my favorite dinosaur. Throughout various pages and groups on Facebook... The duo had started posting a ton of bizarre content, including rants about the dangers of capitalism, plans for a utopian society, and a few instructions on the best way to drink a jar of your own cum to improve your luck. Okay, two out of three, I get it, you know? <laughs> yeah, the cum jar and capitalism, right? <laughs> yeah, cum jar capitalism, That's, those are my favorite. Their one tip was martini glass. <laughs> It's got a wider rim. It can catch more. Uh, I'm pretty sure cum, cum jar capitalism is Andrea's Twitter handle, by the way. <laughs> capitalism is much like a cum jar <laughs> in that I never want to see it again. <laughs> oh, It wasn't long before they had amassed a small following online, presumably of people exactly like Andrea Gazetta. You're welcome. And while some people people describe them as cult-like, it wasn't anything that sinister at the start. Because sure, their fans were willing to pay for more access to their writings, but really that was just out of genuine curiosity. Like we covered last week, no one was quite sure whether this was some sort of satirical comedy thing or like a really off-kilter art project. Hey, far be it for me to criticize people who have some sort of, I don't know, Patreon setup for people to listen to their various writings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Wow, we're hypocrites. We're doing this exact thing. I mean, you're not making anyone come in jars ostensibly, right? Like, yeah. I don't know what people that. are doing with that audio. For all I know, there's somebody just like listening to it like someday. Someday I will bite a policeman. <laughs> oh my God. Someone just has a vampire stake nearby for all the wood. Wait. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, um, at least at the very beginning, no one could have imagined that these two idiots were taking themselves seriously. And that's because maybe, just maybe, they weren't taking themselves seriously. It's all a bit. As individual artists and writers, Eben and Kimberly had been pretty unsuccessful on their own. Eben likes to say that he, quote-unquote, came up in the Seattle grunge scene, but he was just kind of a creepy old dude hanging out around kids. Similarly, Kimberly had tried to break into the sex-positive guru business, but found that she may have been a little late to the game. It's kind of one of those things where the world really only needs, like, four or five sex-positive gurus, and then we're good. Are you saying that those other sex-positive gurus came first? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but they stuck around to make sure everyone else was satisfied, too. Aw, mm, how nice that's of them. thoughtful. Reciprocation, yeah. yes. So as Eben and Kimberly, they weren't having a lot of luck, but as Wizel and Koa, they were really starting to find their audience. 
The reason has a lot to do with a cultural phenomena known as weird Facebook. Um, and I'm not talking about the time your odd cousin liked a picture of you at the beach from two summers ago at three in the morning. Okay. It's actually <laughs> Is your cousin a lot. trying to fuck Armando? <laughs> what the no, that's, hell? That's just the situation that I've heard of multiple times of just somebody liking a very compromising picture and you just being like, what the fuck, Gregory? That, okay. There's a guy who every couple months goes through and likes various pictures of me on a bunch of different social media platforms and then sends me a message that just says, hey. Welcome to being a woman on the internet, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> this is what's up for yeah. us. Please stop. It's pretty common. We hate I it. I just, I ignore it. I've blocked it a couple times. He has new accounts. I'm just like, I don't know. I guess this is just your thing. God. <laughs> thank, thank goodness you don't know where I live. <laughs> yeah, Jesus oh, God. Christ. Take the hint, buddy. I know. So, weird Facebook is a term that describes the mass migration of memers, authors, and shitposters that occurred sometime in 2014. The change marked a huge shift in the online millennial counterculture movement because it was the beginning of meme culture going global. So, before 2014, the weird parts of the internet were mostly relegated to the weird parts of the internet. Like, if you wanted deep-cut absurdist memes, you went to 4chan. If you wanted cringy, self-righteous, alt-lit pieces, you went to Tumblr. And then there were the weird corners of Twitter, YouTube, and Reddit. Just barely out of sight, the internet was brimming with weirdness. But in 2014, things were a-changing. 4chan was developing a bad reputation as a place to see beheadings, hacker news, and really fucked up pornography. And don't get me wrong, those things are still there, but it's definitely not as bad as people expect it to be. It's pretty relegated to the weird parts of 4chan, just like it is everywhere else. But Tumblr and its litany of alt-lit writers was a different story altogether. Because Tumblr and Alt-Lit was actually way worse than the general public expected them to be. Alt-Lit, or alternative literature, was a form of writing poetry, short stories, and sometimes even full novels that were inspired by and posted mainly on the internet. It was huge at the time. This is where, like... A lot of fan fiction stuff. Yes, a lot of fan fiction there was like fanfic.net and like a bunch of other stuff where if you really wanted to see fanfiction, you could, but Tumblr was like a gold mine for fanfiction. Yeah. Yeah. It was all over this. Didn't your mom have a blog on Tumblr? No, my mom had a blog on, on Blogspot. Oh, okay. I had a, never mind. Yeah. I had a blog on Blogspot for a long time. Yeah. This yeah. is in, this is in 2013, Andrea. Okay. Some of the genre's most notable authors were a blog called Pop Serial, a novelist named Tao Lin, and a short story writer who went by Janie Smith, although his real name was Stephen Troll. Uh, their stuff was personal, written in prose, and absolutely filled with angst. A lot of their fans loved the way that they described modern, unhealthy relationships. But it turns out that their stories weren't exactly fiction. The founder of Pop Serial was accused of raping a woman in his Brooklyn apartment in 2013. That same year, Tao Lin was accused of statutory rape and psychological abuse by another female writer. Same with Stephen Troll. 
The top dogs of the genre turned out to be nothing more than a bunch of creeps, which honestly, what do you expect from a guy whose literal last name is Troll? So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, living under a bridge, three riddles, <laughs> like you know, being creepy—all things we expect. You were a beautiful young woman. I was nothing but a troll. You came to my bridge. I asked you riddles three. You told me, please <laughs> let me go. I have to pee. I didn't oblige. And then oh, you post geez. that over the picture of like a sunset in Los Angeles. And then you get like a million reblogs or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. <laughs> The ability to be semi-anonymous on platforms like Tumblr and Twitter meant that people didn't really know the figures that they supported. You could be an asshole creepy jerk named Stephen Troll, but people would think you were like a tortured artist named Janie Smith. And on top of all of this was the corporatization of the internet's most indie communities. Reddit was bought by Condé Nast, the famous publication company, in 2006. YouTube was purchased by Google that same year. And in 2011, Yahoo, the masterminds behind your old unprofessional email account, bought Tumblr. And with these acquisitions came changes. Most notably was Tumblr's increased content guidelines. Because previously you could post pretty much whatever you wanted on the site. In fact, I'm willing to bet that most people using Tumblr came for the highly erotic sensual porn gifts. It was basically <laughs> like if a poem could come on someone's face. That's the vibe. <laughs> Dude, tum- Tumblr porn was the best porn. Like, like, real talk. It was where if you wanted to make porn but also had good photography skills, you were on Tumblr. Oh, yeah. It was like fancy porn it's it was nuts wait yes it was like fancy lady porn it was not like normal porn it was like art art house porn yeah so they were they were animated gifs or gifs i'm not sure how to pronounce it and i'm sure somebody's going to correct me and both sides are wrong i don't care but anyway those those animated uh gifs they, they would they would have them and they were usually in like black and white or like very stylized color grading and then they soft would, focus oh yeah, yeah very soft focus depth of field the whole shebang and it would be like a couple like very sensually going at it and then on top of that it would usually have have some sort of dialogue or situation so that your brain could get in the right space for what the sex was there was one there used to be one uh where couples would record audio of themselves having sex and then post like an audio file above a picture and this was right around the time i was writing my vampire novel but i (laughs) that makes a lot of sense yeah it makes a lot of sense vividly remember and it would be these like really artfully done sex photos and then you could like listen to it yeah yeah this is it's like a sound and see like i it's funny to me the idea that these are like separate entities that you have to access somewhat separately as opposed to now we can just like see videos all the time and like i think well here's the thing and i i know there's probably other sites and stuff that still do that i think it was for people who specifically wanted the sound and not the video interesting where like it was it was the sound that was getting them off this is in like the late 2010s or whatever so it's not that people don't it's not like they couldn't go find a 
porn video or something. It's just that people were into that shit. It's the same thing. We're like, when you just have the audio, it, I bet it feels probably more sensual, you know? And these, mm -hmm. these gifts, they're, they're not like regular pornography where it's just like, Oh yeah, I fuck you. I fuck you real hard. I'm like a jackhammer and my penis is the tip. It was like, um, and I smelled your hair and it smelled like lilac. Like it always does. I love you, Monica. I they I feel like they were definitely more directed towards women. Yeah. It felt like. Which That's was very nice. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But now you can't because fucking Yahoo. Yeah. Interestingly <laughs> enough, uh, they they cut back on the community guidelines in 2013 when they got acquired. And that's why a lot of people stopped going to the site like all at once. But the site almost completely shut down in 2018 when Yahoo just completely outlawed pornography on the site. When they took away the option of having pornography, all of Tumblr went, well, fuck this then. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to Twitter. Fuck you. That's how Twitter became like the porn social media site because Twitter doesn't have those guidelines. Hold yeah, on a you second. can post anything on Twitter. You can post porn on Twitter. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I've never seen porn on Twitter. I've never seen um, a Tumblr. I didn't know any of this. I accidentally saw a friend's genitals on Twitter because their significant other posted a, a, a gif and I was not ready for it. And now I just that information just lives in my head. There you go. <laughs> so mm -hmm. <laughs> with established artist hangs being destroyed, it's no wonder that a ton of people started trying to find the next place to share their really weird interests. And by happenstance, they came across one of the most established and arguably most corporate leaning platforms available on the Internet. Facebook. Every single person uses Facebook. In fact, in this day and age, if you meet someone and they don't have a Facebook account, it's almost like its own red flag. You know, it's like, who are you really? Yeah. Like, who, where's your wife? What are you not telling me? <laughs> well, a lot of even dating apps will use Facebook, your Facebook or your Instagram to just prove yeah. that you're a real human person. Yeah, Facebook. So Facebook back in the day, especially specifically in 2013, Facebook used to just be a place where you could like flex on your old classmates or like attempt to ignore racist families dumb beliefs shit like that like it wasn't it wasn't the facebook that we know today it was just kind of a tool for you to keep up with people that were sort of in your life but right. the but the i wrote here apparently the immigrants from 4chan tumblr and other weird corners of the internet and i do like now that i read it I do like the fact that I called them immigrants because it's like Fibel goes to Facebook. You know, it's, <laughs> it's kind of fun. Somewhere out there, there's a sexy gift. I will say that, you know, seeing someone. So Facebook came out right essentially when I was in college is a, around mm -hmm. the time Facebook started for us. And seeing Facebook now now that our parents are on it is so yeah. much more upsetting i think that's really what it was is back in the day it was all people my age and we were all right. kind of going through the same things it felt like it was a community but it also felt like a safe cool space for people our age and now that we're old enough to like be having our own children and then our grandparents are on it now it's just like what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> my my grandparents are are on Facebook. My parents are not. 
My parents aren't on any social media except my dad has an Instagram. Yeah, That's it. your dad's great. On and Instagram. I love his Instagram. It's, it's pretty great. I love it <laughs> so much. It's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I do remember like you when I joined Facebook in college, you could only get it with a college in, college email like it was yes. that new. Yeah. Um, and it it was just other people that went to your school. Yeah. You know, and it was it a was, way to connect and be like, hey, does anyone have this class or like, do you have these notes yeah. or like whatever? I do. I do remember that a little bit. Like, that's why I only had a MySpace and then Facebook kind of opened up once I was in like high school. And that's when I got on, which uh, was around this time. It was 2013. I graduated in what, 2014. So mm. uh, this was around the time I was like a sophomore, a junior in high school. And the immigrants from 4chan, Tumblr and other weird corners of the Internet saw the established platform as kind of very ripe for an ironic twist. And it started slowly. The first tool that they utilized was Facebook's clunky and outdated events function. Basically, if you wanted to tell your friends about like a party or a meeting or a yard sale, you could post an event and invite them. But the people who were coming from the weird parts of the internet started posting fake events that thousands of Facebook members agreed to attend ironically, like listening to Drake and crying, which was scheduled for December 31st, 2015. Or we all shapeshift into Matthew McConaughey at the same time on <laughs> February 14th, 2016. I didn't get invited to any of these. I, I think I, I responded going to both. <laughs> and my personal favorite on November 29th, 2015, 12,000 people agreed to get together and, quote, pretend like nothing is wrong and live the rest of our lives as a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Still going strong on that one. Thank you. Yep, 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 yep. And it wasn't long before these jokers started posting fake Facebook pages as well. Usually you'd start a page to share information on a public figure, a business, or an organization. But suddenly pages like Freddy YOLO or I play corn to my DMT plant, smoke blunts, and do sex stuff began <laughs> popping up everywhere all over the site that's a real those are two real pages by the way that were very very popular at the time that's fantastic instead of information or like stuff about their business they just started sharing memes this is where meme pages started and as more satirical events pages and groups spread throughout facebook it felt like the weird part of the internet had a new home and two pioneers of this new frontier were wizel and koa and this actually brings me to my main theory on these two. I don't think that Wiz and Koa ever had a definite plan for their ideas. I think that they were two failing artists and creatives who started posting weird shit from their personal lives and built up a small following of interested individuals. And like Freddie Yolo and listening to Drake and crying, they just happened to grow as part of this weird eccentric corner of Facebook. But I, I don't really think that this was a full-blown effort to to become a cult in the way that they would later become or in the way that we think of cults and that's something that we'll kind of get into is that really this is a story about the world's most dedicated and most terrible improv group that ever existed <laughs> yes and <laughs> 
So as we covered uh. last week, they they had started a group called Tumple, like spelled like Temple with a U. Oh, I thought it was going to be mm. called Second Titty. <laughs> oh, Second Titty Improv. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about UC Double D? <laughs> Thank you. So Tumple, the new given name for the duo's posts and ideas, was just kind of like an outlet for them. And their main export were critiques on society and rules for living a better life that they called standards. And standards, it's spelled S-T-A-N-D-U-R-D-S, which is something that I promise we will get into very soon. Okay. That sounds like... If I were to make a rubric for the best turds, <laughs> I would call it standards. I feel like that's what you call really big fan of turds. Like, yes, <laughs> yeah. I stand I, turds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stand turds. Or a turd where you're like, I can't sit on this toilet seat. It's too gross. I'm just going to have to hover and quench. have a, it's stand, a stand turd. turd. Oh, my God. That's I'm beautiful. getting a lot of upsetting visuals I didn't need today, but thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And all of their standards revolved around what they called the pain matrix, which is what you could also call doing a standing up poo because that oh, sounds God. absolutely okay. terrible. You need core strength. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I thought you said corn strength, which is what I play to my okay. plants, my DMT plants, while I smoke blunts and do sex stuff. But also, I mean, if you eat corn, you're going to need that corn strength to get that stand turd out. <laughs> I can see Andre getting visibly upset by the second. <laughs> it's just because corn poop is the worst poop. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so chunky. It's so upsetting. I hate it. It's It's made of corn. Are you saying that it's not up to your standards? That's exactly what I'm saying. Thank you so much for understanding. Uh, Yes, I do everything standing. So according to Temple and its leaders, we live in a cycle. We spend most of our time working to provide us with enough resources to enjoy the fun parts of our life. Simply put, we work so that later we can vacation. But the issue is that the working far outweighs the vacationing for the vast majority of, well, human beings in general. Capitalism. Fuck it. Yep. Yep. This traps us in what they called the pain matrix, a personified version of capitalism and its grips on our lives. Because we give ourselves fully to a system that tells us the lie that we can do whatever we want, but just takes our dreams and throws it on the pile with everyone else's. But we could escape this system by giving ourselves over to the pleasure matrix. In contrast to the pain matrix, the pleasure matrix is all about putting wants before needs. If you enjoy life before worrying about needing to survive, then the whole experience would improve. A lot of their ideas on how life should work revolved around visualization and manifesting your own ideal future. Basically, if you push the image of success onto yourself, then eventually the universe will start treating you like a success, which is some real fake it till you make it bullshit. You know, it's, it's yeah. real Manifesting, annoying. I have so many problems with the concept of manifesting in general. And yeah. how it mirrors white privilege almost perfectly. So I don't love it. I have like a vision board that I put up. And I just like, I feel like I, there's so many things I want to achieve on in my destiny. Um, that is my destiny. I just feel like I need to manifest those things. You know what I'm saying? Like some manifest destiny. Like that's what <laughs> I... <laughs> like I want that land. But it can't be oh mine. But I'm going to God. manifest it. It is my destiny. Yeah. I... 
it's really upsetting how much colonialism has adopted native practices as witchy manifesting magic. Like, it's so upsetting in so many ways. Absolutely. So they they started posting... Um, they started posting a simplified version of the standards at first on their Facebook. And I actually have a list of the things that they posted that, that were the first standards. And I'd like to read them to you so you can see, um, how fucking ridiculous this all sounds. Time is the new yardstick. Uh, consumption is holy. And I guess that one, I don't know what time is the new yardstick means, but consumption is holy is one of these things that they do where they put a lot of um, value on things because things will give you pleasure. And so you're supposed to enjoy the things that you have, but then derive the pleasure from not having them, but in the enjoyment you have of the things. So that's confusing because what they're describing when they say things are holy, it's like this is just capitalism. That's what you've said. Consumption it's is material. Yeah, it's materialism as opposed to straight up capitalism. But I mean, and I guess I, it depends on what you believe about, you know, what happens after you die. But like you can't take that shit with you. So like, I mean, I guess if you're if your whole thing is like party it up now, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Secondly, or thirdly, we have untangibles pay dividends. Um, and this is something that we, again, it, right after we get to this list, I'll get to why there's so many fucking weird typos and, and spelling errors in all of this stuff. But untangibles mm -hmm. pay dividends um, is the belief that when you make things that are yours, like content or posting about your story or doing anything that you do on the internet, which is sharing your experience and your life with the world, that is an untangible, which is their way of saying intangible. It is a thing that you own that is not like a physical product. And that should be paid for. You should be paid for sharing your story with the world. Um, hmm. fourth, we have a casual method replaces all your critique, which makes no sense at all. Um, what? it's like when you see pictures of like t-shirts from foreign countries and they're written in English, but not by somebody who understands English. And they're just like, right. We love kitty cat parfait and you're like oh god uh what <laughs> like a, what a casual method replaces all your critique yeah they're like you ask them about yeah. it and they're like what i love a soft kitty cat and you're like that is not what <laughs> okay fair enough my sister my sister brought me back one that's just a shirt with a teddy bear on it holding a heart and in the heart it just says fuck you you motherfucker <laughs> what Okay, that's that an best. amazing that's shirt. That's an amazing it's shirt. so great. That's so, so good, So, so great, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Then we have the most pleasurable, most efficient, most effective method is engaged, um, which is basically supposed to mean that, like, when you are truly and honestly engaged with somebody sharing yourself and your vulnerability, honestly, that is how you are going to get the most pleasure from that person. Next, we have permission over prohibition. It's easier for you to give permission than it is for you to tell people not to do something. So it's basically their way of saying like, yeah, you should just, it's easier to just go along with things than to like question it or tell people not to do whatever. That's a bad idea. Yeah. That's not a good idea. No, it's not good. Uh, we have unification drives profits, which sounds like capitalism 101. Um, yeah, what? Yeah. 
We have order excites chaos and chaos relaxes order. Transparency corners are never cut. We have individuation equals the price of admission. All of these sound like someone is just picking words out of a manifest bag of magnetic refrigerator tiles at random and creating poetry. Oh, yeah. So the last ones we have are wants firsts, needs second, and grace waxing will waning. Um, So I guess there was this girl named Grace and this guy named Will, and (laughs) Grace waxed her body hair off, but Will was like, nah, I was into that, and it kind of like ruined their whole relationship. So that's... I mean, can we also talk about wants first, needs second? That's the worst plan. Oh, yeah. That is a bad plan. Oh, yeah. And that is something that I want you... uh, That is something that I want you to remember and not need to remember because if I needed it, you wouldn't do it. Um, Right. That's something that I want you to remember because it will 100% come into play later because, God, are they so bad at, like, getting the things that they need as a group. (laughs) Right. Uh, so those are the very first kind of like the, the, the pleasure ethic that you have to live by. Um, and this is their official website that I am on, or at least a, a version of it on the Wayback Machine. And this is kind of what I wanted to show you. Um, remember that I said that uh, Eben Wiesel Carlson was a graphic designer. Was <laughs> <laughs> he though? I do now. I do now. So this is, uh, this is one of many drawings that he has on this website and i want you i'm going to scroll down and reveal the drawing and i want you to just kind of take it all in all right oh my god he did it in ms paint yeah Yeah. what that looks like a penis rocket pop yeah it looks like a dildo rocket (laughs) yeah 100 it's a pink rocket that just says tpe which i assume means the penis I don't know. The penis experiment. We're taking penises to other planets to then plant them so that they'll grow again and then Spock will have Ponfar and then we'll get to have the one with the whales and it'll be great. Oh my God, it's so bad. All of the graphic design on here is terrible. You can see it up here again. Oh my God. It's, it's so bad. It's really, really, really bad stuff. Just- it's so MS Paint. Oh yeah. Yeah. It looks like... The Jackbox T-shirt game, yeah, what it looks like, or or champed up, like it looks like the drawing Jackbox games, and then somebody took those and we're just like, yes, this is now our brand logo, <laughs> which is insane. Exactly. So yeah, that that was one of the first things that they did, and like I said, and I've been mentioning this a lot. There are a, there are a lot of misspellings on. Um, <laughs> on their website and uh look and- i'm a graphic designer not a graphic proofreader okay <laughs> yeah. this is because one of their other mission statements is this while the oral tradition remains mutable changeable and ever evolving the written tradition seeks to codify and complete to get free and stay free while trying to communicate we recommend vocabulation and learning to relax on your grammar and spelling. Um, this is the premise for their completely made-up language called Unglish. Okay. No. No. This, yes. I do have a legitimate possibility. Um, do you think either of them might have been dyslexic? Because I went to art school and a lot of people 
people at art school, the percentage of people in an artistic profession, like graphic designer, industrial design, that kind of thing, the the percentage of people that have dyslexia is a lot higher because of the way that dys dyslexia changes your mind towards seeing everything as shapes instead of as language. So it actually is easier for people with dyslexia to be like a graphic designer because they're noticing the shapes and the layout more than the written content. I'm sorry, Andrea. Do we need to show you the photos again? Yeah, never mind. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. You're yeah. right. I'm wrong. I'm He's, sorry. It's not that. I, I appreciate the explanation, but it was actually something. Their explanation for it is is based in racism. So oh, they, no. their claim is that English is the white man's language and that traditional spelling and grammar rules are really um, in the favor of white men. It has, it has shackles in whiteness and maleness, as they put it. And so unglish, spelled exactly like English, but with a U instead of an E, is achieved by replacing the vowels in a word with the letter U and less often the letter Y. If the word contains multiple vowels, the final one is the most often changed. The spelling of names, people, and places are never changed in English. If the meaning of the word is changed through the substitution of the vowels, it will remain standard. Example, come or can't. This is more complicated than just regular english yeah, <laughs> yeah but why just saying something <sighs> the entire idea behind it is disrupting the way that english is and operates as a written language okay i mean i will say there are versions of english that are cultural or regional in which english has developed differently in america with different populations and uh, is understood differently and so i'm not opposed to the idea that different spellings, meanings, or formations of words or formations of sentences is still valid communication and valid English because it is differs from culture to culture. I'm here for that. I'm not here for them making a wildly more complicated version of English for no reason. <laughs> yes. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Paige. There also, to be clear, there isn't like a one-to-one -one translation method for English to English. It's not like the the word the is T-U or T-H-U all the time. It's more like you just randomly replace just whatever vowels you feel like are necessary to change in the moment to U and Y. And it is the most confusing thing to read stuff because so if I read it phonetically, this is what the sentence would become. If the meaning of the word is good through the substitution of the rules, it while remains standard. Are we in Twin Peaks right now? Is this a dream? <laughs> that a gum you like is coming back into style. Yeah, I feel like every time <laughs> I'm reading it, I feel like I had a fucking stroke. It really fucks my head up <laughs> so much. They, If you're wondering why they use the letter U, by the way, it's because U is an open vowel, a container waiting to be filled. That's Ew. horny. Oh. That's the horniest oh. letter. Why is you the horny? I always felt like Y was a hornier letter, personally. Because <laughs> it's a martini glass, so it can catch. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. it can catch the most cum. Obviously, I thought yeah, you meant yeah. because it has an opening and also a pole. 
<laughs> the Y is the strip club of the letters. Hey, also, I had this thought the other day. Do you think that the rest of the letters get mad that we just call it the ABCs? <laughs> Where L is like, I'm here too. I've been here the whole damn Representation, time. please. Yeah. It's I bet always the, about the ABCs. Do you think the other letters call the people racist where they're like, you guys suck. I bet you can't even tell an uppercase I from a lowercase L, you racists. Ugh. I cannot. And it makes it difficult huh. sometimes when I need to read out passwords. Wow. So oh, you're saying no. all letters look the same? That's, that's wow, fucked Paige. up, Paige. I'm Hurtful. sorry. That's okay. I can say this stuff because uh, I have an L friend. <laughs> I come from a, pra- a place of privilege where I uh, don't use those letters in my passwords. And so when I encounter it in the wild, <laughs> I, uh, I'm upset. So these were the standards that they were posting all over Facebook. And again, all over weird Facebook. So now it might be a little bit easier for you to see why people thought this was just some kind of like weird in-depth art project, right? Like it's, they're literally talking about like, we have a new language. Also, we live in the pain matrix. And then they start like, as they started fleshing out the idea of what the pain matrix is, it started becoming a personified villain that was capitalism and its grip on society. Yeah, I mean, this sounds like some Burning Man on the internet shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's exactly what it was. Um, so then as people started asking them, like, well, what can we do to, to stop be living in the pain matrix? Like, how can we utilize these ethics that you're telling us that we need to live by? And that's when they started posting the entire list of what they called the standards. So the standards are basically these rules. Uh, wear white and light colors. So if you ever see what? pictures of the group, they only wear the color white. They wear all white everything. And in fact, rule two is make white your foundation. Cars, clothes, furniture, walls, sheets, shoes, bags, belts, hats, glasses, and accessories you're just forcing hmm. yourself to live in a psych ward at this point <laughs> or a 1990s jay-z video one or the other <laughs> yeah all white everything yeah uh then we have make unscented your rule soap deodorant lotions oils deterred guns cleaning products <laughs> and decorative <laughs> items every so often it hits you with the unglish deter guns <laughs> It sounds like something in it sounds like the part between your balls or something. It just <laughs> I don't like it. The detergents. I I mean here's here's the thing where here's I like scents. I like things that smell good, but some people are very sensitive to it and so sometimes unscented is a great rule. Yeah, Andrea is allergic to lavender, which is in literally everything. Lavender is a thing that people will when I'm like, "Hey, I'm really stressed out. I have a lot of anxiety. Does anyone have tips?" Everyone's like, "Lavender." Have you tried putting yeah. lavender in your face? Have you tried injecting it into your body? Do you have a candle? Is it lavender? And I'm like, "I cannot breathe if you give me lavender here's what you do you put a little bit of lavender on a spoon you heat that spoon up with a with a lighter that you got on hand <laughs> and then you're gonna want to tie off your arm inject it directly into your vein it's gonna make you feel so much better yeah i'm literally <laughs> allergic to relaxation that's true <laughs> yeah i remember one time i bought andrea these uh fancy donuts <laughs> 
And it was an epic adventure to even get said fancy donut. Oh my donut. God, yeah. It was so much work. It was so much effort. Um, and then the day came to go pick up the donuts and we got them and we brought them home and I, we take a bite out of them and Andrea just kind of like is chewing it for a second and it's just like, this has lavender in it. And then I, and then it was, and then it was terrible. And then it was the worst. <laughs> oh my god I, f- I remember i was like do we need to go to a hospital what's going on oh my god it just makes me itchy that's it's just uncomfortable it's not i'm probably not gonna die from it it's just uncomfortable yeah and then we have clean your spaces floss and brush your teeth use a washcloth when you shower do your laundry and wear clean clothes and also dust okay mom that, that's just called no, adulthood. No yeah, yeah, that's that's a normal. Yeah, that's baseline. <laughs> it sounds yeah. it sounds like something that would just be like super super easy to remember, right? But there is a reason that this is rule number four. This is such a huge part of the cult that will come into play later. So this is kind of what I want you to remember. They have a huge emphasis on keeping clean and the process of cleaning. Uh, rule number five is to stay well groomed. And then you have uh, rule number six, which is use clean water, reverse osmosis for drinking and cooking, filtered for bathing and cleaning. Um, Whoa. So they have a very high standards for even their water. I mean, damn. okay. I, so far, besides the all white thing, which I'm not super into because today, for instance, I spilled poutine on my crotch while eating... <laughs> And, you know, if I had all white clothes all the time, I'd have a lot of stains. It's hard to keep that clean. But I like the idea of keeping your body and your space clean. That seems like good advice. Yeah, but you have to, the the water that you use for drinking and cooking has to be given to you through reverse osmosis. And then to bathe or clean yourself, you have to use filtered water. Here's the thing. No one's going to fucking do that. How many people are in this cult that they're like, yeah, I totally did that. I totally, I totally did that. And they don't do that. They all did it. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Yep. Oh, my God. Uh, then we have go digital. Get rid of your physical books, papers, and junk. Release your analog dependence. So they really, anything that gets absorbed uh, as like entertainment or anything all has to be in the digital space. They really wanted you to just say fuck it to the old world and move online. These people like NFTs and I'm not here for it. <laughs> you don't... Okay, hold on because this is going to be fun. Andrea, explain to me what an NFT is. I, I tried reading about them and I cannot. I am so sorry. NFTs are this thing that have become wildly popular in the art world recently And essentially, it's cryptocurrency for art. So the idea is an artist creates a unique digital artwork that can only be sold to one person. And then that person has to get like essentially a TV to display their artwork and it like moves a little bit. It, It is mind boggling in terms of like how much energy it wastes and how stupid it is. I hate it. So, okay. So you know this as a thing that happens in the art world. I know this. Yes. I hate NFTs for art. I think they're stupid and I hate them. Did you know that NFTs are blowing up right now because anything can be an NFT to the point where people are turning tweets into NFTs? Non-fungible tokens. Mm -hmm. Why? 
What what does that mean? What do you do with that? The way that you described it for art for a tweet. This is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Here's the thing. It wastes a ton of energy. You just have to have a TV on at all times to display this dumb thing that you could print out once. Why would you do that? That's so dumb. Counterpoint, untangibles pay dividends, Andrea. Yeah, it's 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 dumb for the person buying it. Yeah, it's great for the person selling it. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. 100%. 100 the, the NFTs are stupid for most people. Like you're it's not profitable for the most people that are going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's it's profitable for the people selling, not the people buying. Yes. And lastly, we have sobriety will enhance your reality distortion field, which feels like a, a real long way to just say that sobriety will change the way that you see the world. Um, and so they have Accurate. they have a list of things that that explain what they mean by uh, by sobriety because sobriety is uh, something that they take very, very seriously. So for them, sobriety includes no smoking or vaping, no alcohol, <gasps> no rugs. <laughs> what? No rugs. Wait a minute. Hold Wait, on. What? No, hold, hold on. on. What? No is that rugs. a euphemism or actual rugs? Nope, that is not a euphemism. They mean actual rugs. Okay, let me ask you this. How many times have you, Andrea Gazetta, or you, Pagefer Wesley, been standing on a real nice rug and you're just like, oh, fucking God, I'm so high right now? Never. Literally never. That's never happened to me. Y'all using rugs wrong. <laughs> should I be smoking it? Y'all trying to get into some... No, you should be vaping it, first of all. Secondly, <laughs> y'all heard of NFRs, non-fungible rugs? <laughs> Here's the thing. When I did mushrooms, I did lay on essentially an outdoor rug for several hours, and it was very soft. So, yes, I have come while on a run. <laughs> I didn't ask if you came. I asked if you had gotten high from the feeling of a nice rug. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, sort of, those are the same thing. No. Getting high is just emotionally coming. <laughs> I can't fight with her on this one. I feel like that's It's accurate. the same chemical process in your body. That's it. That's okay. what high is. So no rugs. And then we have no domestic captive animals, pets of any kind. Go fuck yourself. You could take my cat from my cold dead hands. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of get it because look at him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he doesn't want to be here. He he wants to be napping. Yes, he I does. No, he does not. Andrea, don't try to tell me your dog is a wild wolf that's trying to get back <laughs> to the outdoors. Your big dick chihuahua loves to just sit next to a heater and get fed pork and rice every day, you fucking jerk. I don't know if my dog loves me or if I'm just in charge of his whole life, if he has Stockholm Syndrome. I'm pretty sure your dog needs you to survive. Your dog would never survive <laughs> in the wild. Not at all. Not even a little bit. <laughs> that thing would be a bigger dog snack immediately. Yeah. Have you ever seen him chase a treat and lose it and then walk around looking for it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you feed him food into his food dish and he just doesn't understand how to eat it. You think he's going to hunt and kill something? Now, yeah. I will say, I feel like McCready could survive in the wild because last night he found a bag of beef jerky <laughs> and then dragged it back to his little hidey hole. And the only reason I knew is because A, it was super loud, but also B, 
he walked across my body and dragged the beef jerky bag <laughs> over my face while he was taking it to his hidey hole. Oh, oh my god. Um, but <sighs> I I feel like he's a good hunter gatherer at least, and I feel like he would murder most toys if we let him. Oh, and then we have uh, we have no wool, silk, down, or leather wearable animal products. Um, okay, that's a very vegan concept. I'm down. Yeah. So I have to be naked. I can't have rugs. I can't have my cat. I have to use reverse osmosis water and clean everything. Everything. This sucks. No, thank you. Uh, it keeps getting worse. Also part of being sober is no fluoride, water, toothpaste, or mouthwash. Oh, that's not good. That's not good for your teeth. Uh, you also have no hypertoxic food additives. I'm out. I mean, I've been out. Like what? High fructose corn syrup and stevia? What is it? They have absolutely no further explanation on what it is. They just say no (laughs) hypertoxic food additives. These are also the people who just said you get water through reverse osmosis. Um, Yeah. So I don't. And I'm over here like inject nacho cheese into my veins. (laughs) Uh, It sounds like they just mean Kool-Aid, right? Finally, we have no toxic cleaning products, which means use bleach sparingly. So you're supposed to be super clean and have all white clothes, but not use bleach. Fuck off. This sounds Fuck all the way like, off. This sounds legit like gaslighting prison where they're just <laughs> yeah. like, like they, they have all these rules, but they're impossible to follow. But it's like, well, everyone else can follow them. Why can't you follow them? I choose capitalism. Like, I never <laughs> thought I'd say this, but like, fuck this shit. Yeah. I drink water straight from the tap in Los Angeles. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm immediately out from this group. I haven't been able to stop vaping through this episode. Sure. It's non-nicotine, but still. Same. The mayor said that drinking the water would make me strong. <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger drink all of the water don't you ever question if it is poison <laughs> oh my god real talk though i do occasionally drink la tap water as well i don't know if it's killing me i look younger than i am so maybe i should keep drinking it just saying all of me looks really young except this line right between my eyebrows from going what the fuck a thousand times oh, a day. <laughs> same, same. I've got a few there. I got some laugh lines over here. I got to fill them in with mozzarella there you and go. keep everything Gucci. Yeah. Plus, I use a lot of like unnatural detergents. So I get it. <laughs> it sounds so gross. My detergent is so clean. <laughs> oh, God. I use bleach, but sparingly. Um, sparingly yeah 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 yeah. our last rule from the standards is no thrift no vintage no second hand items and no horcruxes fuck (laughs) you wait a minute wait a minute wait Wait, does it say horcruxes it does say horror cruxes (laughs) okay (laughs) you just fell into harry potter like why what what the what do do they think Okay, in their minds, do they think that vintage items, because they were previously owned and used, contain a bit of the soul of the original owner, and that by using those products, you can be possessed by the spirit of the last person that used it? Is that their concept? Is that their thesis? I'm just going to stand here and say, we don't need everything new. It's hurting the environment, buying things secondhand, 
finding cool vintage stuff that you like is a way to avoid consuming more than you need to. So fuck these people. But if you want an honest answer, the reason why they want no thrift, no vintage, none of that shit is because uh, it's not as nice as you could possibly be to yourself. So if you really want to live in the pleasure matrix, you got to spend all your money on brand new designer clothes, baby. Boo, get fucked. Maybe I want a mid-century credenza and that's what's going to make me feel the best and that's why I have three of them. So like, shut up. No, old stuff makes me happy too. So these were the things that they started posting all over Facebook, telling people how to live a much better and healthier life and switch over from the pain matrix to the pleasure matrix. And like we've been covering a lot, the people fucking ate it up because it's fucking wild. It's all ridiculous. It makes no sense, but if you didn't know that this would later become a serious thing in your head, you're probably just like, this is weird. I wonder where they're going with it. Like I've (laughs) fallen down weirder internet rabbit holes before. Same. But after just a few years of doing this, things were starting to get a little bit weirder, if that's even possible, because the amount of money that they were bringing in was enough to give Koa and Wizel their own place in chicago illinois somehow through doing this content creation they were able to afford a luxury high-rise apartment in chicago with fucking floor to ceiling windows and a ton of designer all white clothing and suddenly they weren't just acting like they looked the part they actually did look the part and that's when they started attracting the attention of some people off of Facebook, people that weren't necessarily looking for this weird comedy thing or this performance art bullshit, they started reaching out to people to try to get them interested in their standards and their ethics. And that's when things became real because soon they planned to take Tumple offline and turn it into a real life physical cult. And that is where we will pick up next week on the day life army part three fucking god damn damn fucking tumble baby tumble so we have learned all about the leaders who they are their methods and sort of the era in which this stuff sort of took hold Next week, we're going to talk about how they got members to join physically and how absolutely batshit crazy it all gets. So next episode is going to be the craziest one in the entire series. It will also, thankfully, be the last one. And I say thankfully only because that means that I don't have to keep researching them because it is fucking my brain up real bad. (laughs) Yeah, this means that Armando's hair can go back to its normal state of existence as opposed to piled highly on top of his head yeah yeah definitely i'm really excited to have my normal beautiful straight blonde hair back uh yeah this is this has been an absolutely wild episode holy shit thank you guys for letting me do this and also fuck you guys for making me do this (laughs) oh I have a question. Mm-hmm. If either of you could choose an object to be your Horcrux, what would it be? Ooh. Okay. So I'm a little bit fuzzy on the Harry Potter bullshit. I knew that it was from Harry Potter, but a Horcrux is an item that you put a little bit of your soul into. And then when you die, that Horcrux gives birth to a new you. When you die, no. it keeps your soul alive. Yeah. And that piece of your soul can find new physical 
corporeal Bodies. form. So you can either like yeah. drink some blood or whatever, but you're still technically alive and you could come back to life with some magic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but you have to kill someone to get a horcrux. And I would, you know, if you're doing roast battle and you body someone on stage, I'll count it, you know? Okay, okay, okay. It's got to be something that would be secure and something that you could, like, hide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. a catalytic converter. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Yeah. It, it. Now, here's the other thing. It can be other people Ooh. and objects and things. But that's dangerous because yeah. then when they die, you're also dead. Right, 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 right. Hmm. If I had to have an object that would never get damaged or ruined, I would fly to the deepest part of the South and turn an American flag into a horcrux. (laughs) Because I know for a matter of fact that the people surrounding it would secure it with their fucking lives. Honestly, Armando, I thought you were going to choose your 1996 Honda Accord because I think it's unkillable. It is a 2006 (laughs) Honda Accord with 300,000 miles on it, and it is holding on by a fucking thread. I think... I think the natural natural inclination is one of my Le Creuset pots. (laughs) Then you can put a little bit of your soul into every time someone cooks. <laughs> yeah, but also like, very unlikely to be destroyed. You know, like people are probably going to, my kids will probably hand them down or whatever. I've heard about soul food, but this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I was thinking durability over everything. That's pretty good. What about you, Andrea? I'm having a tough, it's a tough choice. You posed the question. Oh, I think it would be this. Oh, that's beautiful. This, a gold unicorn statue. It's a brass unicorn. Yeah. Counterpoint, though, the the second you die and somebody has to clean out your apartment, that's one of the first things they're getting rid of. So you're going to end up in the room of some five-year-old girl somewhere in Los Angeles whose mom shops at a thrift store. Okay, but counterpoint take over the body of that five-year-old girl <laughs> live best, my best horror life. movie ever start yeah. again live anew all i've ever wanted to be is a five-year-old girl what are you talking about all pink everything oh my god yeah that that's i feel like when i said all white everything and andrea realized she couldn't wear pink that's when she was fully like out of the cold. that's when i was out yeah that's when i was out. fuck capitalism but i'm out <laughs> uh this episode just like every episode is brought to you by Dryson's Come Martini glasses for whether when oh, you no. for when you need a come martini that's shaken and not stirred. <laughs> uh, this reach for Dryson's. is a real why question for me. I see what you did. That was good. Um, this episode is actually brought to you by our wonderful, amazing Patreon donors. <laughs> This one comes from Andy, uh, who identifies as they, them. Uh, Andy says, I work in the cannabis industry in Oklahoma, and I think it would be cool for you guys to think up some fake strain names for some of your favorite and more memorable cults when you do my shout out. 
I'm incredibly happy to be a Patreon <laughs> member. I kind of can't stop talking about the podcast to all my friends, family, and coworkers. And I wish y'all nothing but success and happiness. First of all, as somebody who's on the podcast and has to talk to people about what I do for a living, um, <laughs> I don't envy you. Because I have to make this show. You don't have to talk about it. And they must think you're fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, I went to a store the other day and asked them if they had any detergent. (laughs) (laughs) It's ruining my life, but yes. So they, did they say they work in the weed industry in Oklahoma? They did. Is it legal in Oklahoma or do we have a confirmed drug dealer? No, it's legal a lot of places. It probably is legal in Oklahoma, I would imagine. Mm. Oklahoma, where the weed comes sweeping down the plains. (laughs) Oklahoma, where the weed is legal and we're sane. Oklahoma, where the weed gets you higher than a plane. Okay. So that was good. We are coming up with uh, a weed strain for our favorite or most memorable cult that we have ever covered. (laughs) Um, Obviously, we can get some easy ones out of the way. Uh, For Jim Jones, we've got like Flavor Aid OG. Right, 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 right. Um, Um, yeah, or Meat Kool Aid. Ooh, for heavens, for heavens, the Meat Kool Aid. The meat Kool-Aid. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, that was disgusting. I think Uriel's Galaxy. Ooh, Uriel's for, Galaxy for Unarius. That's good. For that's, Unarius. Good. that's good. Yeah. That's really good. Fuck the FBI for Waco. That's really good. Obviously, the the highest weed in all of the land, though, is County Sheriff OG. Uh, <laughs> I was just... <laughs> yes, County Sheriff OG. Yes, 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 yes. County Sheriff OG. I would be so hesitant to order an ounce of County Sheriff OG. I feel like that's a trap. That's like definitely like just whoever <laughs> whoever was naming it accidentally fucked up. Is the weed a up. cop? The weed is a cop. The weed, the weed is, is also a cop. Everyone's a cop. That's how I feel when I smoke weed. What about Michelle doesn't remember? <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Or, or oh, what was it? Uh, Filthy 15. Ooh, Filthy 15. That's pretty good. Um, Filthy 15. God. Double Zanya. Double Zanya. Dr. Fauci's piss. <laughs> Fauci piss. Yes. Yes. Dr. Fauci's piss. That's Dr. Funny. Fauci's piss will get you fucked up, dude. And I'm still waiting on it, Fauci. Send me your piss. Send me your piss. Angel eyes. Angel eyes. But just real angel <laughs> eyes. It's like so many eyes. So many ways. Angel eyes. Do we need to start a weed company? I think so. Um, Andrea, do you got any? Chad. Chad OG <laughs> for incels. Uh, chair breaker or chair fighter. This shit will make you feel like you lost a fight to a lawn chair, my dude. It is <laughs> crazy. Honestly, that's definitely an indica though, right? Because you lose yeah, yeah. the fight by sitting in the lawn chair all night. Fun taste. <laughs> oh, fun I like fun taste. That's funny. I like that a lot. That's great. Now, will you take the blue pill or the edible? <laughs> uh, if you had blue pill, red pill, edibles, that and one was indica and one was sativa, that'd be actually pretty funny. Ooh, which one's indica? Which one's sativa? Blue is indica. Like, red yeah, is yeah. Blue is indica. Red is sativa. Yeah. Thank you, Andy, for this wonderful question. This yeah, was so I'm gonna be thinking about this all night. This is like when we had our own cereals. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey everyone, come up with your favorite weed strain for your favorite or most memorable cult and send it to us. Let us know what it is. Let us know what your favorite Murray Wonga is. I tried to English marijuana, but it didn't. <laughs> For a second, I was like, 
Who's Murray? <laughs> Murray Unga. Let us know what your favorite strain of Murray Unga is. Um, Rigor Morris. Uh, yeah, and go to patreon.com slash cult podcast to, to pose us a question or to give us your shout out name so that way we can uh, incorporate you into the show. And also to listen to Paige's horny vampire novel and her horny vampire novel Q&A, which we just recorded. So yes, it's yes. going to be great. It's pretty fun. I tell some stories. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> Andrea be talking about snakes, <laughs> trouser and otherwise. Oh, it's upsetting. Oh, my God. Uh, if you want to find me on social media, you can everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, even at Mondo Does Stuff. M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff. Yeah, go onto Mondo's TikTok and leave him comments because he's making money from that now. So go do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I have, let's see, what is it up to right now? 276.9 thousand followers. Damn. Yay. Very dumb. Um, go follow me on TikTok. Give it to me. Give me all the views. Give me all your love. Give me all your affection. Also, people keep commenting about finding uh, the TikToks after listening to the podcast. Uh, which I think is great. If you find me naturally or if you find me through searching for it, let me know that you listen to the podcast and maybe other people will be like, oh, it's the podcast. And then you'll have more um, fellow members for our cult. We go. don't have to wear white. You're welcome. Uh, hey, guys, if you want to find me, if you want to send me what kind of horcrux you would be, uh, please send that to me at Andrea Gazette on Instagram, at Sundress Comic on Twitter, or at Andrea Gazetta Yay on TikTok. Paige and I have a great thread going. If you want us to send you TikToks of shirtless men chopping wood, let us know. We will very much be obliged. Um, and yeah, I love you. Check out my art at AndreaGazetta.com. Hi, guys. It's Paige. If you, A, know of more TikTok men chopping wood, let us know. But also, B... If you think these people are the worst and love vintage furniture and things, send me your favorite vintage thing at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley everywhere else. And if you want to send us your favorite fake marijuana strain, you can do so uh, on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. Or you can send us an email to coltpodcastshow at gmail.com. Or if you want to send us actual marijuana, don't. No, yeah. Yeah. do it. That's do it. very do it. super, so do super it. illegal. Do it. That's we very can just illegal. Buy it do it. Don't do it. It's do illegal. it. Armando. Don't. Do it, you fucking coward. Armando. Put it Don't in the box. Do it. Take it to the post office and we do gotta it. We got to do something legal. Okay, if you want to send us Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box like the end of seven, you S can send do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Send us her pussy candle instead. Yeah, Don't if do you want to send us Gwyneth Paltrow's pussy candle, you can send that to 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237. Like the Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. Joke's on you guys. Gwyneth Paltrow's Pussy Candle is my favorite strain of marijuana. So... <laughs> if somebody calls a marijuana strain Gwyneth Paltrow's Pussy Candle, that'd be so great. Oh, oh, what are you smoking? God. Gwyneth Paltrow's Pussy Candle? Ooh, let me so get a hit off that. <laughs> it's, oh, man. It's, it's very oceany. <sighs> Ooh. More pungent than I expected. 
I think for this one, I'm going to say, I mean, drink reverse osmosis water if you want to, I guess. But don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. I bet Gwyneth Paltrow's pussy candle is loud. <laughs>